Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Wheeler Financial. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the Small Business Edge Podcast, brought to you by Wheeler Financial. Today, we are honored to have Barbara Weltman on the show. Barbara, as a lot of you listeners know, is many things. She is one of the preeminent small business tax experts in the country. She's the author of the J.K. Lasser Small Business Taxes, a book that you've done, I know, for many, many years. Uh, Barbara is an attorney, and most of all, she's a true champion for small business owners everywhere. So with that, I'd like to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Barbara Weltman. Well, thank you for having me today. Oh, Barbara, it's always a pleasure. I've known you for a long time. And we go back a long time. We, we do. And you are just, you know, it's funny, Barbara. I looked, you you wrote you wrote a lot for the magazines that I published way I back when, when, when I did the, uh, the magazine for the SBA. And then we had Urban Success and Winning Bids. And, you, you know, you, you were at my conferences that I did, those small business leadership conferences. Absolutely. Made some wonderful friendships there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, they were great. They were great. We got to bring those back. When COVID is long gone and just a distant memory, I will figure out a way to do those, those events again. But this is, I know, a busy time of the year for you, right? So oh, this is, and, and especially this year, I, I imagine you're getting pulled in, in 15 to 20 different directions by people asking you questions about taxes in 2020. This has been a a unique year because we've had uh, not only all the regular tax changes that happen all the time, but we've had major legislation. We had a a big law at the end of 2019 that changed all the retirement rules going forward. And then we've had two big tax bills in 2020 related to COVID-19, the CARES Act and, and, and another law that, again, impacts small businesses. Yeah. So let's get into that. Um, You know, PPP was a a huge measure for small businesses. And there were um, two waves of it. And I know that as the government was rolling out the loan program, they were also trying to figure out uh, taxes and loan forgiveness and, and whatnot. So what are the latest tax implications uh, for PPP loan forgiveness? Well, the PPP loan program really helped a lot of small businesses survive. Mm-hmm. The good news is typically when you have loan forgiveness, it's taxable income. But specifically in the law, the loan forgiveness of a PPP loan is not taxable. Zero. Oh, okay. So when you when you got the proceeds, the proceeds are tax. You know, paid tax on loan proceeds, and then the forgiveness is tax free. But with that said, the IRS has ruled that you can't deduct expenses covered by the loan forgiveness. So your payroll, your rent, your utilities. Now there's a big movement in Congress to negate that ruling and allow businesses to claim deductions as well as loan forgiveness. So this is something that we just have to monitor going forward, whether there's going to be a favorable um, legislation here. Yeah. And I like that idea, but that's, it sounds a little bit like double dipping. 
It right? sounds a lot like double dipping, <laughs> but if you work the numbers, it really does penalize some businesses. Okay. Okay. You know, again, you talk about end of the year activities and, um, I know that a lot of business owners that that I talk to are looking for tax refund opportunities. So like uh, carrybacks and amended returns so that they can get more cash. What what are some of the things that you're seeing right now? Well, what you're talking about is a way for businesses to recoup taxes that they paid in prior years and get an immediate cash refund. That's money you can put back into your business or in your pocket. And the way it works is you have to usually file amended returns, but Mm -hmm. there are a number of refund opportunities that have been created by the CARES Act specifically in order to help businesses. So let me give you some examples. So one is the net operating loss. So if you had a loss in 2018, 2019, and 2020, you can carry back that loss for five years and offset taxable income in those years and get a refund of those taxes paid. And if it happens that you didn't even use up the loss, you can carry it forward and continue to, to get a tax break from that. Another good thing is that the IRS has provided some easy ways to kind of do this to make it easier rather than having to go back and amend all those returns. So find out the procedures on on how to handle this. Another example is that they changed the rule for what's called uh, qualified improvement property. If you make improvements internally to your commercial facilities, instead of having to depreciate that over 39 years as you would building, you can get an immediate tax break because it now qualifies for bonus depreciation. A hundred percent of the cost can be written off in the year that you paid it. So if you did this in 2018, 2019, here's a refund opportunity for you. And uh, this can be big bucks. But so that begs the question though, where if you didn't have a good year this year and you're going to lose money in your business, it might not make sense to take that 100% depreciation right now, right? I mean, because if you're anticipating that- Great, great point. So let's say, uh, you know, well, uh, two things. First of all, if 2020 is not a good year, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait until you actually file your return to get your refund from a net operating loss carryback because there's a tentative refund procedure where after the close of the year, you can uh, you can file uh, on one form for the refund for the prior years. Wow. So that's a quick way to get a refund. And then, of course, the IRS may review it and, and change it, but at least you're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. But you raised the, a good point. Now, bonus depreciation is a, a write-off that you don't have to use. You can elect not to use it and instead just do regular depreciation. So for qualified improvement property, it's a 15 year recovery period. So you can spread the the break, the write-offs over uh, those years and offset the income in the years to come. And perhaps you'll be in a higher tax bracket and it'll be more meaningful for you. Yeah. And that's something I know I, I talk with my accountant about is that he, he always asks me, well, is next year going to be a better year than this year or the year after? Or what is your five-year outlook? Because that's really going to depend on how we, you know, how we uh, 
use this depreciation, uh, you know, whether you wanted a lump sum now, you know, into this year, or do you want to spread it out? I'm always of the, well, I might not be alive in five years. So right. a bird in the hand kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, all right, let, let's, let's switch a little bit because this is something that I know a lot of business owners think about, and that is the advantages and disadvantages. You know, we always about buying business equipment, right? So there's a lot of whether it's a piece of equipment for your business or a car or a truck that you're going to buy. Um, are, are there advantages to buying equipment in 2020 versus deferring that purchase to 2021? Well, I think you have to look at look at it primarily as a business decision and decide what the business needs. If you need something now, mm -hmm. then you really need to decide whether this it makes sense to do it now. In other words, I, I, I think your, your business practices have to take uh, priority over the tax results. So if it can help you work more efficiently, um, if, if the technology is better, if it's going to be saving you on utility costs to, to get a, a, a newer kind of machine, then, then look to um, certainly acquiring it now. With that said, as we mentioned, you don't have to get take all the tax breaks up front. There are ways to write off equipment that you purchase right up front. We have first year expensing, uh, which is uh, something that you can elect to use. If you're profitable, we have bonus depreciation, 100% of the cost. We have regular depreciation, and we even have what's called a de minimis uh, safe harbor. So uh, if you're buying uh, items up to $2,500, you, you don't even put it on your books. It doesn't even go on your balance sheet. You just write it off and easy peasy. So just attach a statement to your return. It's, it's so simple. So I think it's important that you, you kind of run the numbers with your uh, CPA or, or tax advisor and mm -hmm. decide, again, as you mentioned, take a multi-year approach. Yeah. Buy the equipment now and then um, decide how to handle the write-offs. The, the other thing to keep in mind is acquiring equipment doesn't depend on if you finance it. So you can finance it in whole or in part and still get the same write-offs. Well, and, and so that kind of also, I want to extend that question to buying versus leasing. You know, another big question. And, and again, we are right at kind of the end of the year for businesses. And so, you know, there are a lot of end of the year opportunities, um, you know, lease a, a 2020 piece of equipment. You know, it, for some businesses, it could have a major implication on whether or not they do it this year versus next year. The incentives could certainly be there for 2020 as opposed to 2021. But what does that mean for your business? You know, it could almost be a wash, right? You got the incentive from the uh, manufacturer of the piece of equipment, but you're losing out because you, you've already operating at a loss. This is just going to extend your losses right? In, in, in 2020, in sense, yeah. but it's something you could have used in 2021. So buying versus leasing, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it, it's always a great question. And, and the answer is that there's no single answer for every situation. And you have to look at your situation and look at the item that you're considering. In other words, some items make sense to 
lease because uh, you have a, a fixed period, and then after that, you, you're, you're going to move on to a new technology that, that in, in, in three years, five years is going to be around, and you don't want to be locked in. And it's um, leasing is essentially a financing arrangement, but yeah. you have a fixed cost every month, and uh, you, you understand that versus um, buying, then you own something. It goes on your balance sheet and it, that it does improve your your financial position in terms of what lenders would look at if you if, if that's important to you. So, right. I mean, there, there are a lot of considerations uh, in terms of making that decision. But again, it comes down to running the numbers. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm hearing uh, consistently from you, which is gr- a great advice. You know, now as we enter kind of the home stretch of 2020, it's so important to stay in touch with your CPA and with any of your financial advisors and kind of have all your financial ducks in a row because the next couple of months are going to be pretty volatile in our economy, right? We have an election. And that's going to have, that could have significant consequences. consequences on our tax situation, right? I mean, no matter which party wins, um, you also have obviously the volatility of COVID and and how that may change, or if there is going to be any kind of additional stimulus package put forth by the government. So really, I, I mean, what we perceive now to be, you know, the next two months and what actually happens in the next two months could be wildly different. Well, you make a great point because at this point of the year, we're, we're always thinking about year-end tax planning yeah. and we have some conventional advice and the general advice is usually to try to defer income or accelerate deductions so that you optimize the current year tax picture. But this isn't a normal situation and that isn't standard advice for every business. So you may not want to push off income. Maybe it would be better to take the income as soon as you can because you you don't have much revenue to start with. And you don't want to bulk up your deductions by buying all your supplies for the coming year or whatever before the end of the year if your cash basis, because you don't need the deductions. You're already already in a big, so why expend the cash now if you don't need to? So I think we have to look at each business owner has to look at his or her situation and make the decision again with uh, the advice of a a tax person, because we don't know what's going to be ahead. We don't know if we're going to be facing higher taxes in the coming years, lower taxes in the coming years. You know, so much depends on what happens in the next month or so. I, I imagine that a lot of people will be calling you and emailing you and reaching out to you after these events start to happen saying, okay, Barbara, what does that mean for my business? Right? Right. Absolutely. So, so uh, looking at, you know, two sectors that we talk a lot about are healthcare and manufacturing, and they have had really probably more of a volatile year than almost any other sector other than retail. Are there any specific tax reducing opportunities in those industries uh, that you see or um, any kind of changes that might be coming up in the tax laws that they need to be aware of manufacturing and healthcare? Well, as it stands now, the, the basic tax rules apply to manufacturing and healthcare as they do to 
other industries, retail, hospitality. So the same kinds of opportunities, the write-offs are, are there. Um, with that said, we don't know what new possibilities may be coming about. There are proposals, for example, to provide new write-offs for uh, the healthcare industry, whether it be um, uh, for protective gear and, and yeah. washing yeah. stations and that sort of thing, and what kind of incentives they're going to give to manufacturers, especially when they want to um, onshore more manufacturers and pharmaceutical industry, what kind of incentives are going to be um, offered. I, I think it could be very interesting. I think we have to watch this carefully, and uh, there could be uh, things coming down the road. Also, as um, if past history is any uh, teacher to us, a lot of a lot of the breaks that come along don't necessarily get enacted before the end of the year. They get enacted after the end of the year, and they're <laughs> retroactive. Yeah. So just because we've passed New Year doesn't mean that that, that a new law won't be enacted that will impact 2020 returns. And, and how hard is that though? Because the race has already been run. Right. The horses are back in the barn and then the, the track is changing uh, the, the rules of the distance. Right. It's saying, <laughs> yes. It's saying it's saying, OK, yeah, you can't you. Well, you can amend your tax situation, but any kind of opportunity there, they're saying, OK, well, we'll give you this and give you that. It's an interesting way to play the game. Yeah. It, it, unfortunately, that's that's what happens. Right. Right. Um, okay, we're, we're kind of in the home stretch, metaphorically speaking, uh, with, with horse racing. But um, I, I'd love to ask you, you always have two or three moves that business owners can make, you know, in the final, in the final months of the year to reduce their tax bill. Um, what, what are you telling your, and you have, by the way, before I forget, you have one of the greatest, it's called Idea of the Day. I, and I want to talk about that real quick before you tell us about the two or three moves. So Barbara, for our listeners, uh, if you go to her website, which is big ideas for small business, right.com. And on there, you can sign up for idea of the day. Now you've been doing this for years, right? For years. Yes. I, I have been getting it for years. And I have to tell you, if you give 365 tips uh, uh, during the year, I must use at least 200 of them. No, I'm not kidding. I mean, I, I, I hear from people about, you know, maybe three, four a week. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's either, it's, it's either a fact uh, or, or some kind of, of, of announcement that I can use in a blog that I'm writing or a, an interview that I'm doing, uh, or it's something that I can actually use in my business. So I highly, highly recommend go to big ideas for small business and sign up for Barbara's idea of the day. And, uh, and if you do that, we're giving away an, uh, an ebook on recovering and reimagining your business. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, can I win that? You can, you can get, <laughs> yes, we'll send um, you. <laughs> I'm send kidding. You. I'm kidding. But that that is, is another. I love that. And, and that's a great giveaway. So, OK, Let, let's okay. talk about. So two or three moves. Uh, five okay. months. First move, I think we've covered, which is talk to your accountant. Right. And and that's that's number 1. If you haven't done it already, if your accountant hasn't reached out to you, do it as immediately because the sooner you do it, the more time you have to implement whatever actions you decide upon. Another thing to think about is taking advantage of 
expiring provisions. We have a number of rules that are going to expire at the end of 2020, and they may be beneficial to your business and you want to use them. For example, the work opportunity credit gives you a tax credit, a dollar for dollar reduction in your taxes for hiring people from certain targeted groups. And one of those groups is long-term unemployed. Now, there are a lot of people out there, long-term unemployed, 26 weeks uh, unemployed. If you hire someone uh, from that category, you can get a tax credit of up to $2,400 and you can do it for, for as many employees as you want. So wow. if you're scaling back up now, go for it. Um, just be sure to, to do everything you have to do to get the credit, file the 8850 uh, with your state workforce agency to get the person designated and, and, and such. But, um, you know, just take advantage of what's so out there. You could hire 10 employees and get a $24,000 tax credit. Correct. Wow. Wow. Sub but subject to uh, there's a general there's a, a general business credit limitation. But OK. But subject to that limitation, yes. Okay. And you don't lose whatever whatever you can't use now. You get to use you know, a one-year carry back and carry forward. So you'll, you'll okay. get to use it. Okay. Um, th this has been great. I, I did f fail to mention, you know, when I was telling people about the uh, the idea of the day, I actually get – I, I, I'm not sure if my sister met you uh, at, at the conference that we had years ago, but she also subscribes to your newsletter and she visits your website. And probably four or five times a year, at least, she will send me something. And to my brothers, we're, we're all business owners. And uh, she will circle it and she will say, you know, listen, you fools, you know, listen to what this woman is telling you and, you know, get on it right away. And it's from you. <laughs> and I laugh and I said, you know, I know Barbara Weltman. I know her very well. And I read everything you send me, but I appreciate it nonetheless. So that's a, a personal little you know, shout out to you from my sister. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay. Last question. If listeners right now wanted to connect with you and, and they had any questions about taxes or where to get your book, uh, J.K. Lasser, Small Business Taxes, What's the best way? What social well, media? Well, the best way, obviously, is just to start at my website, bigideasforsmallbusiness.com, which has my link to, to Idea of the Day, all of my books and my blogs, which uh, collect into a monthly e-newsletter, Big Ideas for Small Business. Okay. And uh, all the resources are there, including my email. So if you need to reach out to me, you can get it there. Good. And find me on Twitter at Big Ideas, numeral 4SB. Big ideas for small SB. Fantastic. Well, Barbara, thank you. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for your advice to our listeners. I know they appreciate it. Um, and I will share the link at the bottom of this podcast uh, for you. the latest edition of your book. Um, I want to thank Wheeler Financial they, uh, for sponsoring this episode of Small Business Edge podcast and for their ongoing support to small and mid-sized companies everywhere. And lastly, I couldn't do this without my listeners. So I appreciate uh, you taking time today to listen to us. I know Barbara is gives a lot of great advice and, and hopefully you've taken notes on, on what to do. But keep sending us your questions and your feedback and what else you would like to know about in order to run your business effectively. And make sure you join us next week for another edition of the Small Business Podcast. I'm Brian Moran. I hope you have a great day. 
and finish 2020 strong. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Wheeler Financial. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.